Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. We have a great show for you every day, we hope. Anyhow, welcome aboard, folks. Michael Rudnin, welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Michael says, increase in ocean temperature threatens Greenland ice sheet. I was surprised how lopsided it was. The biggest and deepest glaciers are undercut much faster than the smaller glaciers and shallow, whatever that word is. Uh, a postdoctorate researcher at NASA's Jet Proportional Library in Southern California said, who began his research as a doctoral student at UCI. In other words, the biggest glaciers are the most sensitive to the warming waters, and those are the ones really driving Greenland ice loss. From a thermodynamic point of view, I'm not sure I understand that concept that the smaller icebergs... There's something. There's more to that story. Uh, that that little snippet there is a dangerous snippet to just post because, from a thermodynamic reality, if there's a bigger mass of ice and there's a smaller mass of ice, the bigger mass of ice, uh, except for the total areas, would actually, uh, on a percentage basis, likely not. Well, that's another story. Uh, for after the show, bow of the fifth column. I looked and tried to find a good visualization. And only found one picture in that. Well, I'll take a look at that after as well. Okay, let's see who else is here. Bridge says, nine animals that are feeling the impact of climate change. And she gave a link. I'll look at that later. And there are over a million species currently at the threat of extinction. I believe that. I believe that to my core. Anyhow, folks, let's get busy. Title of the show today is, let me get to the show. Title of the show today is, para ver donde estoy, estoy aquí. Title of the show. That's not the title of the show. That is the title of the show. Megan McCain fighting dying GOP. Numero uno. Numero dos. Teachers get a bad rap. Numero tres. Voter suppression. And we'll talk a little other stuff as well. Welcome aboard, Linda Joe Kessinger. Thank you so kindly for being here. Anyhow, guess who visited with me last night? You know, I was playing around in my studio and I got a visit. You know who that was? Any guesses? Any guesses? Vamos a ver. Check this out, guys. All for you. <clears throat> Welcome to Politics and Right, Senator Sanders, Senator Bernie Sanders. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, you know, it seems like the Republicans are up to the same shenanigans. They're talking about obstruction. They're talking about obstructing all the policies that are good for the middle class, policies that really help the poor, just about everything that progressives want. Uh, do you think uh, Democrats will continue to capitulate, or will Democrats finally decide that they are, they'll compromise where they can and use reconciliation where they have to? Or will it be that they simply go ahead and compromise. What is it going to be? Well, I don't know what the word compromise means. I know that working families are in living today in more economic desperation than since the Great Depression. And if Republicans are willing to work with us to address that crisis, welcome. Let's do it. But what we cannot do is wait weeks and weeks and months and months to go forward. We have got to act now. That is what the American uh, people want. Now, as you know, reconciliation, which is a was used by the Republicans under Trump to pass massive tax breaks for the rich and large corporations. It was used as an attempt to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Uh, and what we are saying is you use it for that. That's fine. 
We're going to use reconciliation, that is 50 votes in the Senate plus the vice president, to pass legislation desperately needed by working families in this country right now. You did it. We're going to do it. But we're going to do it to protect ordinary people, not just the rich and the powerful. Well, I like that. We are going to do it to protect ordinary people. That is actually what progressives stand for. Thank you very much for being here, Bernie. I thought I would have a little bit of fun. Don't you think that was kind of like cool? You know, uh, if I had more time, I would have gotten the software that allows, you know, the mask to kind of move to make it seem like he's really talking, you know. But, hey, I had to do a whole lot of other work. Didn't have the time to really get into that. But, you know, using some green screens and all that kind of stuff, I was able to do that, mess around with it a bit. Anyhow, folks, um, what I really wanted to show, what I really wanted to show, Eric Hayes, the rich and powerful will stay that way. Eric Eric, how long have you... Eric, you need to listen to politics done right longer. That is a defeatist attitude, my brother. We're going to put some oomph into you. The rich and powerful will stay that way. Says who? Is Maria Antoinette still alive? Is Maria Antoinette still rich? Is her... Come on, guys. No, the rich and the powerful will only stay rich and powerful as long as they continue to hold on to your mind, my brother. Stick with us. We are together. Slowly, we're going to build the critical mass that peacefully shows these people that they are either going to do the right thing or, in the long run, it will be taken. It's that simple. It's humanity. So, folks, I want you to listen to what Brother Eric Hayes just said. Because that is the sentiment that the rest, that, that the plutocracy, that, you know, you guys, I always tell you guys that you are the ones who ch run this program. You are the ones who change the tenet of this program. And it's so easy for you to say something that causes me to go on a tangent. And in this case, I am going to go on a tangent because, Eric, thank you for bringing that sentiment here because I want to expand on it. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to repeat what Eric said because this is important, people. This is very important. Eric says, the rich and powerful will stay that way. That may seem like a simple statement. It is not. That is a statement that, that accepts the status quo. That is a conservative statement. We conserve. That is a statement that just says we can't be really any better. And this is not anything on Eric. This is something on most of us, whether liberal or progressive. If you listen to liberals and progressive talk, a lot of times, oh, well, that's how things have always been. That's just how things are. You hear them talk about capitalism? Well, that's just how things are. That, that capitalism is antiseptic slavery? That's how things are. That's just how we're ha we have to live within this system. Let's go back to 1776. If the founding fathers had said monarchy is the only way things are, and I, I'm not a fan of the founding fathers at all, okay? I'm not. I am not a fan of the founding fathers. But let's go ahead and say I love the founding fathers. The founding father says, well, it's the monarchy. That's all there is to it, and we can't do anything about it. There would be no America. There would be no United States of America. Things change, and systems change. Governments change change economics economies change and they change when they're not working for people and the people decide 
that they won't cower, that they will ensure to make the changes necessary to make it better for the majority of all, for us all. That is how it works. Now, how does the, the, does the wealthy mitigate that? How does the wealthy try to stay in power even though there are just a few of them? They create a caste system. India had a caste system, has a caste system still, not in, in, in reality, but in practice. America has a caste system. When you hear that 25% of Americans are doing marginally well, 0.1% extraordinarily well, 10% very, very well, 20% very well, and 25%, look, what happens is this. You create a caste system, and you create enough of a critical mass that keep everybody else thinking, this is the best we can do. And that's what we have in America today. We have the 0.1% that is on the top of everything, and the 1% are there to kind of, are uh, very wealthy, taking care of that 1%. And then we have that manager class, the 10%. And that 10% is what I call the guardians of the gates. They're the ones that control the media. They're the ones that control the plutocracy, the stores, everything. Okay? The, from the 2% to the 9%, they control it all. They give, they're the ones that put the, the, the ads on TV that makes you believe things are the way they are. Not necessarily the truth, but that is the imaginary thing that you have. And then you have the activists. Who are the activists? The activist comprises people in the 1% who says, this is not fair. People in the 2% who says, this is not fair. People in the 10% who says, this is not fair. People in the 25% who says, this is not fair. And people below that who says, we can't live this. We will not have it this way. We will be activists to make things better for all. But it's hard to get this message across. It's very hard to get the message across that tells people we can be better. Right? It, it, it's hard to tell them because we are of the belief that things have to be the way they are today. They don't. They don't. It extra, it's extremely important, however, for us to understand the indoctrination that has occurred via the Powell Manifesto. Please, folks, go to egbertowillies.com and just do a search on Powell Manifesto or Powell Memo. You see, instinctively in your minds, they have put in your minds that things must work this way. They put in your mind that you work for somebody and that somebody that you work for takes most of the profit out of your worth. In other words, you build a car, you build all these things for society and a corporation, but when the profits come in, most of it go to the top. That it, they make you believe that that is how things are supposed to be. They make you believe that Bezos, whose technology was dependent on all of us, what the government paid to educate you, what the government paid in infrastructure, all these things that were provided by the government, okay? No, government doesn't take a lot. Government gives a lot. Uh, all these things created by the government, right? Bezos used the intellect of the people that work for Bezos, the, the streets that Bezos used to deliver products, the all this infrastructure 
All this infrastructure that was created by us, Bezos uses and he profits from it and you get niet. He barely pays his people and we have been conditioned to believe it is okay. We have been programmed to believe it is okay. And my job as an activist, my job as an activist with a platform is to try to impart into people's minds that you don't accept that somebody is sitting down at the pool collecting a, a, a dividend on stocks while you are risking your life at an oil field, while you're risking your life at a dam, while you're risking your life serving foods, those things. And Lee, Lee Grant, saying it's Marxist theory of surplus value. Actually, it's, it's not called surplus value. It's actually called uh, 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 excess, ex, your excess worth or your excess, wor- uh, your excess pay. In other words, if you work for a certain amount of money and there's a lot of m- much more money left back, it goes to the rich person, not you. Okay? So what I'm saying here is the only way to mitigate this is to educate the people. When Eric says Bezos will stay rich, that is what the Powell Manifesto has taught you to be defeated. It has taught you that you are powerless. It has taught you that only a few has worth. It has taught you that, well, only the chosen will be entered into the fold. And what I'm here to tell you is that's not the case. My own reality on what I created back in the past says it's not. You fight through it and you get through it. It is important, people. It is important. And it, it is Brother Eric's Bezos will stay rich. Sorry. Uh, my question would be, why will Bezos stay rich? In other words, those of you who think, well, it's going to be that way. The next question is why. And I want you guys to answer me why. And you said, no, I don't worry about it, what I can't control. I control what I do and see. Again, who has taught you that you don't have control? What I call, what, what, what in your life has taught you that in your society, you don't have control? Look, I'm going to get a little bit beyond this now. Uh, think about all what made the founding fathers say they didn't have control over the biggest military then, the Great Britain's army. But they said no. Not that I like them, but they said no. They said no. And then they took matters into their hands. The same thing applies to us as Americans. If enough of us say, and it only takes 3% actually, 3% of us to really start doing what's necessary to make a big change. If enough of us says, no, we're not going to have this. We're not going to have this. It's amazing. All right. Let me go ahead and play. uh, We're talking. uh, I I need to go back into our subject about McCain's daughter. And then we'll take... I have a whole video on voter suppression from that's that's pretty local about Texas. 
I think I'm going to postpone the voter suppression because I want to get back on this subject in a little bit. Let me go ahead and play uh, Megan McCain, and then we'll take it on the other side. How do you know the Republican Party is falling apart? Listen to uh, Megan McCain, Senator McCain's daughter. I mean, it's, it's interesting, the tact that she's taken. I want you to listen to that, and let's then take it on the other side. Our system didn't work and we were cheated and everybody else is too stupid to recognize it. I mean, when you look at this, do you see yourself finding a, a place to be in this party or do you feel like it might be time really to find a different party? I'll die fighting for it. I mean, I, I'm a lifelong conservative, unlike a lot of these heretics. I mean, I was born into this, raised into it. It's my whole entire life and in all ways. And I truly, at the bottom of my soul, I think, as all of you know, I, I believe in the principles I was raised on. And I think the, the points that uh, Sonny and Sarah are making about the QAnon radicals is more than valid. Uh, and it's, it's deeply embarrassing and it's hard for me to reconcile with. But what's also hard for me to reconcile with is the language that's being used is that we can't even talk to all of you. If you voted for Trump, it, you're irredeemable masses. And I think whatever nuance Katie Couric was trying to say, it, it did not go through. That that angered me and pissed me off more than maybe anything anyone on the left has said in the past. And <clears throat> I'll, be, I'll be frank. A lot of times in my mind, I say, how could they possibly, with all of the things that Trump has done, voted for the guy? But I think Megan is right there. We have to be careful how we uh, go ahead and say, well, if that person voted for Trump, it's all over. <clears throat> There's 74 million people that voted for Trump, many of them who didn't like Trump. And I did a few interviews with people who explained why some of these people just throw progressives to the curb. And I'm going to tell you something. We have to, in as much as progressives are correct, we have to examine some of the issues within the space and what gets done under the tenets of the progressive side of the equation. Because what's happening, it's, it has little to do with the progressive side of the equation and has more to do with the establishment side of the equation. Let me let her continue here past few years that that because the implication is all people who are Trump supporters or who are conservatives are automatically brought into the Marjorie Taylor Greens or the the guy with the horns uh, on the on the floor of the Congress uh, the the Matt Gates Liz Cheney infighting is just really emblematic of where the but I want to correct something that she says there she talks about they're they're putting all of them together the reason why they have lent themselves to be put with those people is that they never went against these people at the appropriate time. Let's use as an example Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell knew that Vice President Biden was president-elect immediately after the election. And he allowed this false thing about the, this election steal or steal of the election or whatever they call it to get legs. If he had come out immediately and said, no, this election is over, Donald Trump would not have had the impetus to go out there and build this network of insurrection. He would have been, uh, he would have been stopped because of what McConnell said. <clears throat> but McConnell played his wrong card. He thought somehow by holding on to the MAGA crowd, he was going to win Georgia. And that's proven to be another fallacy. The 81 million people that Donald Trump didn't expect to come out, it's the same, amount, it's the same kind of people in Georgia they didn't expect to come out. 
the party's at right now. And quite frankly, it's really entertaining, but it's not productive at all. And you have Liz Cheney, who, by the way, is not perfect in and of herself. If we uh, want to go back uh, a few months, she ended up giving money to a primary opponent in an election, which is highly unorthodox, highly unusual, and taking sides in this. And she's in a place of leadership in Congress. And if she wants to continue to lead, she shouldn't have taken sides. So there were already raw emotions about her to begin with. And now you have this fracture uh, with impeachment. And you have people like Matt Gates, who I, I don't know him. I don't know whether he actually believes what he's saying or not. But he's clearly going on the on the horse of full MAGA. And I was talking to my producer, Daniela, this morning, who's also, uh, you know, we, we share similar politics. And it is very difficult for me to come on this show right now because I've always prided myself on having my finger on the tenor of what's going on in conservative circles. Even when I didn't agree with Trump, I, I you know, I'm not a squish. I'm not someone who went full brainwashed Lincoln Project that everything that's conservative is a, a bastion of evil and I must reject it and atone myself. I, I'm not that kind of Republican or conservative. But right now, I cannot defend this. I believe President Trump should be impeached. I believe we have to take a stand and have a fine line about what is acceptable for a president to do or not. He incited a riot. People got violent. People died. Full stop. And part of the problem is you got a bunch of old people right now on Capitol Hill, people in their 70s and 80s who don't really care about the future of the Republican Party. And all of you saw Trump rallies in the same way that I did. It's filled with predominantly a lot of older white people. That's just just the facts. Facts, super straight. And I think we have to start looking about what's going to happen going forward in the future, because as much as Trump expanded the coalition, he didn't do it enough to bring in full wins. We lost the Senate. We lost the Congress. We lost the presidency. And if people think that the MAGA train is the only tra train to go forward, I think they're ill-advised. I also think people who think that the whole coalition of Trump supporters are irredeemable and garbage and have no place in the party, I think they're wrong as well. And I hope for healing and I hope for unity, whether or not it's going to happen. I, I don't know. But I just want to say just I know this has been sort of a little bit of a rant. I really am doing my best to try and take the tenor of, of conservatism and populism and bring it on the show. But I cannot defend people who are are against impeachment. And I, I believe it's the right thing to do. I believe historically it's the right thing to do. And I know that I am in the vast minority in this with with pretty much me and Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney. That is sad. Uh, she's making a whole lot of sense. Uh, it seems like the party is in trouble. But the truth of the matter, by her speaking up, by Mitt Romney speaking up and others speaking up, just maybe, just maybe they'll be able to wake a few up and uh, and thereafter something good happen. But this shows or this is pretty much putting an end to the Republican Party as we know it. It is no longer a party. It is a cult with a few people who decided to stay in and try to redeem it. I don't think it is redeemable, but we'll see what happens going forward. Okay, uh, I, I, uh, you know, so that is the demise of the Republican Party as we know it in action. But now, you know, I love you guys because I love that you come out and, and we get into the discussion. Brother Paul Fleming says, inventors of a process, an application or creator of an idea for profit will become rich. No one will accept sharing profits equally when they have put in the sweat equity. I want to stop right there. And this is changing the subject of the, 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 the show today, but you guys run this show and you guys are the ones who... If you, if you give us information, I have to change. And let, let me first, before I show what I want to show, let me just say this, Brother Paul. Inventors of a process and an application or creators of the idea for profit will become rich. 
They will make more than the person who had no idea. They will make more than the person. And if that is rich, so be it. But, the, you know, we have to kind of mitigate that. And I'll talk about that a little bit after. But then you said, no one will accept sharing profits equally when they have put in the sweat equity. I am not of the belief that everybody should share the profit equally. I think you should, you should make, you should earn Cons commensurate with what you do, with what you work, with the work you put in. An investor is the person who makes the most money in this country, the big investors that is, for little work. So here's, let's, let's look at your statement again. Inventors of a process and a or creator of an idea for profit will become rich. The stockbroker, the market makers, all these guys, they have not created a process. They have not created an application. They have created nothing. Yet they are the ones that get filthy rich in, an, in a capitalist society. So I, 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 get, I am partially in agreement with you that the person who creates it, commensurate with the work that he does or she does, should make more than the person who sits on their butt and does nothing. The stockbroker should make nothing. That person who makes the value should make something. Jeff Bezos, who sits on his butt, nothing. The drivers and all those who make Amazon what it is. Remember, Amazon is just a transport layer of products. Amazon makes nothing. Amazon creates nothing. Amazon is a conduit of products, the intellect of other people. But Jeff Bezos is the richest person in the world. That is how I try to explain how trastornado, how crazy, how turned on its heel our economic system is. Because, Paul, believe it or not, I agree with you that the inventor of a process, the creator of something, should become, you know, based on the work that they continue to put in. Let me give a perfect example. I created this product, right? Let me put it in the mirror. This product called ComDRVNT. When, when Windows created their computers, they did something with this stuff called a serial port that did not allow it to drop something called an RTS signal so that guys who write POS software or guys who are bringing data down from other things would work. I found a way. Inside, I found a process, a, a particular solution that could, even though the system wasn't designed to do it, that allowed it to drop and raise, raise signals so that you could bring the data into the computers. And for that, Boeing and, and NASA and all these guys paid. Remember what I used to tell you guys about what the market will bear? Whatever the cost would be to get this inside of Windows serial port. Also created another product called ComDRV Lib. This worked on top of that guy, double bang for the buck. And I could make a whole lot of money doing this stuff. And I did. Send my kid to, to, to her undergrad, bought my house, bought my cards, all that good stuff. But as I learned and I learned and I spoke and I learned and I spoke to economists and so forth, I realized many things that the profits and all these things that I made wasn't solely my doing. I thought I was smart. I thought I could do all these things. It's me. It's not. I came here from Panama, Central America. I went to one of the best 
public school universities in Texas, University of Texas, the number one rated school in Texas. You know who paid for that? All of us did, both federally and state locally. They invested in making that a great system that gave me a hell of a lot of knowledge, taught me how to learn, taught me how to teach myself many things. I could not have done it without the great investment of Americans throughout this country. Could not have done it. It was America who did it. You all who did it. And then that is when I dropped I started to drop prices like crazy for what I charged because there's another thing that I realized what I charged to Boeing or what I charged to NASA or to Exxon or to Texaco. They didn't care about it. They didn't give a damn because you know who pays everything in this country? The person at the lowest end of the totem pole. The person who uses the product. The person who flies in the plane that buys the ticket. Ultimately, they pay it all. But those of us, the manager class, the executive class, they just pass their costs down. Remember that. Whenever we talk about who bear the cost of everything and they make it believe like the wealthy pays, the wealthy doesn't pay, diddly squat. You pay. The wealthiest money is your excess labor. The profit that the wealthy makes is the money they didn't pay you that you made for them. And it's a mindset that we have to change. It's a mindset that we have to realize our power. That they couldn't do it without us. And until we get that, until we examine our own worth, what we are really worth, we don't get it. If... if we, we put so many of these guys on pedestals. We put these guys on pedestals. Get rid of these guys. Or rather, you get rid of yourself. Don't go to work. Don't build things. They die. They fall. They lose it all. They cannot exist without you. And if they cannot exist without you, that means you are a stakeholder. And as a stakeholder... You have rights. They make it believe like when you require that they pay for things, that they're doing you a favor. Oh, we are paying for this. We are taking our millions and throwing it out. It is not so. What they're giving you back is your own money. They're giving back your own worth. They're giving you back what you did for them. And, but we don't learn that. We learn that there's something special about these people. The only thing special about these people is they have effected a manner of using you. And they have the infrastructure, the legal infrastructure to do that. So then the question begins, how do we solve it? There are two ways. One is violently and one is through legislation that everybody realizes is the best way to do it. And my contention as an activist is the latter. I believe education is the, the, the most, you say class warfare. Here is the book. Read it as I see it. Class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom.
and that I have in the that is also at Amazon for, with my other books. But but that is what is important, brothers and sisters. Right? We have to we have to start walking with our heads up high, not believing the crap. You know all those people. Like, you know you remember I said all those folks that attacked the, the insurrectionists in Washington. I want those who broke down the doors and and and, and were going after killing somebody. I want those people arrested and thrown away. But most of those people out there, they're good people. Most of those people out there, what they are, are misled. Just like most of us, including progressives, who think we have to be asking for something that we don't deserve or that we didn't earn. When all of it, we have earned. You know, so it, it's a different mindset altogether that we have to get into. We have to start asserting, you know, I, I wrote a, P, a, a blog post a few years ago called Asserting Our Worth. There are two blog pieces that I wrote that went viral. One was Asserting Your Worth and also Middle Class Held Hostage. Because that's what we have, right? The middle class held hostage. The middle class, the people that do everything in this country. And somehow, you're always fighting fighting and and uh, eric hayes get off of it the government is uh, the you don't give any money to the government you don't you, you have to understand what i'm saying here and get off of your ideology and get on to the facts get off of your ideology my brother stop believing the crap that they're telling and they're infusing you know they use two things they, they use two things they use their carnal knowledge to make you believe that others are taking advantage and they use other things to convince you that you're nothing other Okay, so let's go ahead and um, I don't have enough time to show the, the, the interview that I did for, um, for the voting project because Eric Hayes and my brother Paul Fleming, they brought up such great points that I wanted to address and brother Fleming uh, sees exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Hayes is going to need a whole lot more of convincing or, or, or talking to, etc., because facts give money to government to control us all. Um, you know, those, you know, it, what is amazing, Eric, is how effective those monikers and those slogans are to you. But there's one important thing you have to understand. When you say facts give money to government to government control you, I, I like when government controls you. You know why? Because guess who government is? You. So you control you. I love that. Hey, guys, don't you like that? You control you. If you are bold enough, if you are bold enough to realize that you are the government and that then you are in control, that's fine. The problem is you are not, again, the problem is you have been programmed not to understand your worth. You have been programmed not to understand your worth. Okay, I need to go ahead and do my little quick thing here that I always do. You guys really changed the program today, guys. But, you know, I love you for that. I love you for that. Because it makes for a better program. It makes for us being more interactive. It, it makes for you telling me what it is that we need to talk about. So thank you so kindly. Um, so anyhow, folks, please become a part of the, the Politics Done Right Posse. Go ahead and click that Join button. If you don't see the Join button, uh, you can go ahead and just go to Politics Done Right. I'm putting it in the field right now, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. That is, that is the 
what you call it, posse. That is the PDR posse defined by our one and only Bridge MCP. There you go. Join the PDR posse. And you, our, our girl, Bridge MCP, would have that out. So please click the join or go ahead and go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Consider getting my book. It's called How It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing uh, Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Here is the link. It's at Amazon. But if you want to forego Amazon, the people that makes, you know, that takes a big cut of that book. In fact, uh, uh, that book, most, it's funny. They get more than 70% of the book. Of course, they do. They, they make it all that kind of stuff. But for, uh, for, um, for my, my brother, Paul, just wanted you to know that. That is, that is how books work, right? But anyhow, and if you want to get it at our store to kind of cut out the middleman, go to politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. Uh, alternatively, you can support us via Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That is politicsandright.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And of course, we support or take PayPal. So you just have to go to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. To support us. Look, as you can see with uh, several people in the room here, until we get through to people by, you know, we have to, we can't do this alone, right? There's no way uh, just progressives, which probably make up a good, real, real, real progressive, probably 30% or so of Americans. Uh, we have the centrist that's a bulk, really. They, people don't say it, but that's you know, moderates are really where people like to call themselves. But the values that the middle class and the poor wants, which makes up more than 70% of the country, are usually the progressive values, the progressive policies that we put out there. The problem is they don't demand it. They don't demand these policies. They ask for them. They make the politician believe as if they believe they're being done a favor by those who support or those who roll, bankroll the politicians. What's ironic is the politicians are being bankrolled with the working dollars of Americans that were funneled to the wealthy who then use that wealthy dollar to convince the politician to do what they want. It's a, it's a proverbial circle that is only broken when enough of us understand our worth and do something about it and start electing real people. You know, we started. We started in New York. We started here in Texas. We have a lot of young people in Texas, in New York. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We have Ilan Omar. We have uh, Rashida Talib. We have uh, Ayanna Presley. We have uh, the guy out of um, New York. I don't remember his name. Who was a teacher? We have a lot of people coming online that they don't care of all the knives that are coming at them right now. You know, a lot of times people don't get it, but you have to go beyond the knives coming at you. You have to say, I'm going to take that people don't quite understand yet, and I'm going to continue to do, do what I know I need to do. Eventually, they will join the fold. And that has always happened, right? Same thing with MLK, same thing with Johnson, same thing. It, it is always that way. You have to have those people that are willing to go out on a limb and say, this is the way things ought to be. This is what you're really worth. And eventually people get it. Connecticut, welcome here. Welcome, Connecticut. Uh, DJ Pharaoh, welcome aboard. 
uh, the duck that quacks, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, AVQ, Linda Joe Kessinger, welcome aboard. Uh, May Wood, welcome aboard. May says what? Uh, oh, she was replying to somebody. Uh, Bridge MCP, Eric Hayes. Bruce Pollard says, can the upper class exist without a middle class? Absolutely not. Can you get rich from people who have no money to spend? No, you can't. And that is a balance. Uh, but they make the balance, and we're the ones who need to control the balance. They look and they see... When they see the economy cratering, at that point, they never mind giving us a little something. That $600 that Americans got and the $1,200 before would not have gotten out if the wealthy saw, didn't see, that the economy was about to freeze. They wouldn't have known until the economy was about to freeze. And that is when they reacted. That is when they reacted. All right, I got another uh, story here, and it's about teachers, and this kind of fall into the same place. I want you to listen to how uh, these guys at Fox News, and let me see if I can grow this a little bigger without affecting all the other windows. Um, let, let, let's see this here, and then I'll get it back down to size. I want you to see, the, I think the most important profession, bar none, are teachers. I think teachers are... So important because they are the ones that move knowledge forward. People can say whatever they want to do. But teachers are the ones who move knowledge forward. Back where I come from, teachers were the bastion of society. We saw a teacher in the grocery store was like, I miss this. It, 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 was such a, it was such an honor. It's the way we dealt with teachers. Then I came to the United States of America. And yes, professors as well to Bridge MCP. And then I came to America, and I saw the disdain with which teachers were 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 were, were uh, treated, as if oh, loser, teacher, loser, you couldn't do anything else. No, teachers are so important, and it takes a special person to give up so much for teaching. And uh, so let let. Let, let me play this on Fox, from Fox News and show you what was very disheartening uh, to me. Let me go ahead and put that on now, and we'll take it on the other side. Pressure on officials across the country to keep schools open and expanding in-person learning. That's because some states are now allowing teachers to get the COVID vaccine. But unions across the country, notably in cities like Chicago, have fiercely resisted a return to the classrooms. Will the vaccine end the stalemate to get everyone back in the classroom? In Wisconsin, teachers are going to get it uh, starting next week. In New York, starts on Monday, February 28th. In Colorado, Dagan, this seems to be good news because we kids I know are not uh, are not nearly as vulnerable as adults. They have they get it, they beat it 99.9 percent of the time. Teachers were the issue. Why aren't teachers scrambling to get back in front of the classrooms? because they have the complete inability to think of the kids first and not themselves. And it's disgraceful what has happened with these teachers' unions. Even Mayor Bill de Blasio said, yeah, when he starts making sense, look out. He said the safest place in New York City is our public schools. He said this last week. As the city's positively positivity rate inches toward 9 percent, the schools are well below 1 percent. Over and over again, you've heard from, say, the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine saying with, you have to have in-person instruction for kids. It hurts them, the lack of interaction, even adolescents. 
get them back in school and right. put the unions back on their heels. Mayor- okay, that drives me crazy. Get the teachers back in school and to hell with the unions. And look, only 1% of the students are sick while it's 6 or 7% for the rest of the population. The teachers need to get in there. And so if a few of them die, it's okay. And at the same time, we want to, the Republicans want to pass laws that says if your working environment kills you, you'd have no recourse, no legal recourse. Look, if they want teachers in school, make sure that teachers are vaccinated before other people. And when they're vaccinated, then you open the schools. People say, oh, a lot of kids die from suicide and mental health and all. True then we need to mitigate that. We don't, we don't endanger teachers because a few students are not going to be, you know, it's horrendous that a few students uh, are going to commit suicide. It seems to me like what we need to do is handle the problems we, that until teachers can be made safe. Then we solve the suicide problem of the few kids that do it by having programs to support that. We don't say we put all the teachers at risk where many of them have already died because of some yet other result from this pandemic. I find it objectionable that these guys on TV who work at home during the pandemic, who didn't go into work, there's not a whole lot of people in work, but they didn't go into work. But they want those lowly teachers to go in there and risk their lives with kids, many of whom will be sick. But that's not the issue, folks. This, again, is capitalism, and let me explain. You see, schools hold kids so that the parents can go to work. Kids don't go to school. A lot of absences from parents. A lot of absences from parents. You mess with the man's profit. They don't care about you. They don't care about life. If they cared about you, now that the vaccine is available, we would have built a hundred factories around this country. And by now, every American would be vaccinated. Can it be done? Yes. How do we know? It was done in China. Uh, Is China a better economic system and a better governmental system than we are? I don't think so. But somehow... Because they don't have a capitalist, they're a capitalist country with mandates. Now, the fact that we have to find a profit motive to do everything, a long-term profit motive to do everything, is what has killed those 400,000 plus people. We, our economic system, leading our political system, is directly responsible for the murders of 400,000 Americans. I want you to understand these things. You don't hear this on TV because they can't say this on TV. But if you take a look at why we have so many dead, the richest country on the planet has the most COVID deaths. The richest on the country has the highest rates. Again, it's our economic system based on our values. Remember that. Remember that. 
it is so important that we understand that based on based on what what we've indoctrinated people about masks what we've indoctrinated people when Donald Trump had his super spreader events by just making people believe it's all okay there is so much wrong here but anyhow teachers are the bastions of our society and i am with these teachers you don't go back to school until you have been vaccinated and made immune to this disease you don't because when you get sick and die they won't be there for you they won't be there for your family we don't have the social safety net that guarantees you to take any more risks than you have to take as a human being anyhow uh, let's see let's go ahead and start talking to my peeps here now uh, the teachers unions are folding because they have been bought sometimes that is so true we have to we again unions Government, all of these things have to be controlled. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, if you can't bring yourself to get in the vaccine like everyone else, then don't go to that school. Exactly, brother. Uh, China will vaccinate a billion by the end of 2021. Imagine that. And we're America, right? We're exceptional, right? All right. Uh, uh, let's see. Eric Hayes says, part of the pandemic is having kids out of school. My son help save a friend that was trying suicide, so I speak with knowledge. And, you know, that is very good, Eric. I commend your son. I commend your son for helping somebody out. That is so important. We are our brother's keeper. That's what I preach. You, many of us know when people are in trouble. The problem is this individ, individualistic nature of our society creates a lot of these problems. Your son must be commended. The humanity of your son must be commended. We all need to become humane and be in those positions because many times we've seen it, but we are so self-centered that we do nothing about it. So uh, you tell your son from politics done right, huge commendation, uh, brother, huge commendation. Daniel Ledo says, teachers will only be safe to return if they're given everything the union they want until the union will hold your kids hostage for their agenda. That is good indoctrination on your part, Daniel. Very good indoctrination. All right, let's see. Uh, what else is here? Uh, spoken like a true communist, Egberto. No, I'm not a communist at all. I, I, I am a free enterprise person who believe in strong social, a strong social safety net. I believe in democracy. America is not a democracy. America is not a democracy. You keep believing America. You keep believing the minority rule is a democracy. Who is the person at that point that is a communist? Thank you. Please tell me. All right. Uh, let's continue. Uh, you know what? Let me uh, see what else you have here. Linda Joe Kessinger says, we only do the bare minimum for mental health, illness, education, and treatment in this country. It's horrendous. And that's the problem. We don't put... Uh, we don't invest in people. We invest in capital. That's what I talk about. When you talk about a capitalist structure, that is what we do. Capital means more. When <laughs> I always use a slavery example, right? Uh, when, when you have to take care of capital, we would invest just about anything in it. But let it be humanity. Ah, we got to think twice. Let them go out there and work. You know, it, it is ridiculous. But that's what we have. John Trott says, who was... Oh, I won't say that. <laughs> Come on, John. Okay, when it comes to teachers, it was that way when my mother grew up as well. When I grew up, I don't know when it started to cut in education budgets, but I equate it to stealing. Exactly right, Paul. You hit it on the nail, Paul. Exactly right, Paul Fleming. 
Michael Rudnan says we are going to need 80% vaccination rates before the pandemic outbreak ends. Yeah. And you know what's the other problem? If, if we don't slow it down, these mutations that people talk about could eventually defeat the drug, the vaccine. And then we're right back at the beginning where we have to revaccinate everybody again with a new version of a drug that looks for the new way that it uses to enter the cell structure. It's amazing. Sad. Okay, let's see. I think it's about time. I better start going down my list and, and salute everybody. I'm going to repeat names, but forgive me. A- uh, Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Lee Grant, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Bridge MCP, Michael Rodnan, welcome aboard. Uh, Linda Joe Kessinger, welcome aboard. Para ver, para ver quién más. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. Coming down. Uh, got a lot of people. Uh, Tank 28, giving me trouble. Welcome aboard. Man, for somebody who, who just don't like what I have to say, you love what I have to say, Tank. Uh, let's see. What else is here? Who else is here? Who else is here? But you know I love you all, so no problem. Norman Reynolds, Egberto, you cannot say each person who says they voted for the GOP institution are not the same as seeing the good Germans of 1942. Um, I see the analogy. Um, I see the analogy, but... In as much as we equate Donald Trump with uh, Hitler, we do that a lot. But it's not a good analogy because Donald Trump is, is a white supremacist, but he's not an exterminator. Uh, and I think Hitler should be considered an exterminator as well. So um, a lot of people are willing to look over certain things for their own. That, that requires some discussion on its own. But no, I'm not going to equate the two. I can't equate the two. Uh, Joe Mayo, welcome aboard. McCain always projects false beliefs of conservatives who are paranoid and afraid of the notion that others may well do unto them what they've done unto others. That has some merit to it. Uh, coming back, Kathy Pascal If Donald Trump and his followers are not held accountable, I will have lost all hope of the future of our country. We have, it's not that if they're not held accountable, Kathy, we have to ensure to keep the volume up to make sure they are held uh, 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 accountable. That is the reason I am promoting as well the website that has all those people that were in uh, in the rotunda throwing extinguishers, beating up on cops, all of that. They must be put away because what they've done that, that was violent. That wasn't only violent. Some of it was murderous. So, yes, you're correct. They must pay the price. And we also have to go to the senators and the Congress people. We have to keep the pressure on. And w- during the election period, if they are not discharged from Congress, we have to remember and use the term, these are the guys that were palling around with terrorists. Remember they used to like to use that on Obama, even though he never palled around with a terrorist? But these guys really did pal around with terrorists. Uh, so we look at uh, we look at um, Dave. I mean Cruz. We look at Senor Cruz. He palled around with terrorists. We look at Josh uh, Polly. He palled around Holly. He palled around with terrorists. We look at all of them. They palled around with terrorists. And the, the the commercials must say it. The ads must say it. May Wood, welcome aboard. Uh, the duck that quacks. Love that name, brother. Uh, Amazon creates jobs. No. When you buy products from Amazon, you force Amazon to hire people. You see, the create job is a big illusion. 
Corporations don't create jobs. Demand creates jobs. You demand a product. And the corporation builds that product. To build that product, they have to hire people. You know, we have so been indoctrinated into taking away the power from us, the ones who make it. Jeff Bezos has nothing to do with creating jobs, or not completely. It's all of us that demand for the product. Come on, guys. All right, let's continue. The duck that quacks, Fall Fleming, haha. Let's continue. If I miss you, just drop me a line. Lee Grant, welcome aboard. Daniel Lado, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here. Who else is here? Who else is here? Linda Joe Kessinger says, "Preach it, Egberto. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I want us to. I want all of us here: uh, conservatives, uh, Republicans, Democrats, progressives, to all be of one mind that we matter, that we are all powerful, and that we are the ones who get things done. That's what I want to get out of this. I'm scrolling down. Linda E, welcome aboard." I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling down. So it is important for us to get this, um, these, these theories correct because they continuously put all these... DJ Pharaoh, welcome aboard. They put all these things in our head. They, the idea is to weaken our minds. If you have a weak mind, I can control you. you know, it's what preachers do, right? When you just get into a church, uh, John Trott, welcome aboard. They don't want your money. They don't want your offering. They don't want your tithe in the beginning. They want your mind. Because if they have your mind, they have everything that you own. If they just ask for your tithe, you can get pissed off tomorrow and not tithe. But if they have your mind, you never get pissed off at them. Because they have your mind, they teach your mind how to think. And that's what we have in America with a large percentage of the population. They have taught your mind how to think. And in thinking, they've taught you that you are weak. Blair Halfley, welcome aboard. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. They have taught you how to be weak. They have taught you that you have no value. They have taught you that they control you. They have taught you that you have no resort. And that's why I wrote the book. Yes, there is a resort. Class warfare. All right, folks, we got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. Love you all. And I really... From the depths of my heart, I love people, okay? I'm serious. I want us to really, the masses, I want the masses to really win. Because what we have is a travesty. It's a travesty on people. My daughter drove into Appalachia. And if we all, and you don't see a lot of Appalachia on TV because it tells too many people what could be. I want you guys, man, to be cool. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. Love you all. Guess what? I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know.
is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.